Are you looking for sustainable, optimized packaging solutions? At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to provide fit-for-purpose packaging solutions for the most complex supply chains. From packaging design to machine systems, we're a fully integrated packaging provider. We can work with you to minimize operational complexity and help you move to sustainable packaging. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfit Kappa. Open the future. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Packaging Europe podcast. My name is Elizabeth Schooler. So uh, over the recent months, the packaging landscape and playing field has significantly changed. Like many major brands, Nestle Waters has been working hard to adapt to changing circumstances and of course to make its packaging more sustainable. Today I'm speaking with uh, Philippe Gallard, who is Global Innovation Director at Nestle Waters. And together we'll discuss packaging trends and developments, Nestle Waters work with startups and small packaging innovators, projects that boost recyclability and reusability, as well as our pet and different packaging materials. So um, yeah, welcome, Philippe. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so yeah, to start with um, taking a slightly broader view, um, what would you say are the current key trends that Nestle Waters builds its packaging strategy around? So there's a lot of trends happening all over the world, and the trends can be different from one market to the other, uh, also because of the history in the market, what what type of packaging were, were, were bigger or smaller. Um, and, and the trends vary also a lot by the product categories that are developing in, in those markets. So uh, um, so what we see, generally speaking, is a growth of some what I would call alternative packaging uh, versus the, the, the dominant PET and glass that we see in our category. Um, can is growing quite a lot. Uh, can is growing quite a lot also because there's a lot of new categories or subcategories uh, that are coming from water and that we are developing. And so water-based products uh, that would fit better in, in a can. Um, we see glass developing and coming back as well in quite a few places. Uh, but what is uh, interesting to see is that PET is quite resilient. Um, so we see a gradual move uh, away from PET, but maybe less so than what we could think of when, when we hear the media sometimes, uh, because, because it is a very good uh, packaging and because a lot of measures have been taken in order to, uh, to, to make it uh, an even better pack packaging. For example, with the uh, introduction of uh, recycled uh, PET into, uh, into this packaging. What else do we see? We do see, um, emerging materials coming. So there's some paper brick, for example, so, or let's say overall carton-based packaging. And, and then there's a lot of, of innovation. We've been uh, innovating uh, in, in some areas ourselves uh, in, the, in the recent uh, past in order to, to, to make sure that we are finding ways uh, in order to develop packaging that, can, that are really suitable for the future. Um, and that can answer the needs of the consumers that continue to evolve, as you were saying. 
we'll get back to the um, the different materials a bit later in the podcast as well. Obviously, sustainability has been one of the major topics in the packaging industry and Nestle Waters has been working with startups and small packaging innovators outside the company to boost its expertise there. Um, yeah, I'd be keen um, to know a bit more about that. And um, how would you summarize the advantages of this approach? The challenge that the industry overall is facing is not an easy one because uh, we've been using packaging materials for a very long ta- time that had a lot of advantages and, and, and suddenly there's new things that are appearing and we need to find solutions for the future. Nestle is a, is a big company. Uh, Nestle has a lot of means and uh, is putting a lot of emphasis on the topic of packaging. So I'm, I'm sure you've heard, but we created two years ago uh, the Nestle Institute of Packaging Sciences in Switzerland in order to um, work on the packaging of the future, to work on paperization, to work on, on, on a lot of these uh, new options for the future. Yet what we see is that There's much more to know than what Nestle knows, and there's uh, a lot of advantages in being able to work with startups because they come sometimes from a slightly different angle um, and they have some great ideas. So it's a way to go quicker, to to challenge ourselves, to challenge our ways of working and our processes that, that tend to be more long in a, in, a, in a company like Nestle than in a, in a startup. And it, it, it's creating some amazing partnerships. So uh, an example I could give, um, which, which, is, uh, which is now a, a bit more than a year and a half ago, is when we created the next packaging movement by Perrier, um, on which we, uh, we communicated at the Change Now Summit uh, in January 2020. And which was about uh, working with startups, uh, going really outside to develop uh, uh, the sustainable packaging of the future. One of the collaborations, so one of the winners, uh, is a company called FlexiKeg, uh, which is developing some uh, kegs that are flexible, as the, the name of the company is, uh, is saying so well, um, which, which could be really interesting for the Eureka. Um, we are still working together in order to, uh, to, to make it work. It might uh, require a bit more time, but we have learned a lot from them and they have learned a lot from us, from some of the quality standards that we have. And, and I'm sure it's a way as well for Anas uh, and his team to really, really uh, grow his company, his business and grow his solution. So there's a lot of win-win into that. Um, at Nestle, we are, uh, we have a lot of expertise, but, uh, thinking that we know everything is certainly not the case. And those people, those startups are challenging us, pushing us in order to, uh, to, to help find suitable solutions for the future. And, uh, we, we've got some more recent examples. So you've, um, you've seen probably two of the innovations, uh, we have, um, Trialed this year on the Vitel brand in France, um, Vitel Go and, uh, and the hybrid bottle. And, and in both cases, uh, it, it was really a joint work between the Nestle teams and some startups. And, uh, and we are very proud of the work done. And, uh, I can go into more details on the results, uh, 
Mm. Yes, I think I'd definitely be keen to to find out a bit more about that. Um, so I was wondering about sort of preliminary results and maybe LCA data that you might have on these um, two different types of types of bottles. Yeah, so so going back to uh, to uh, where we started, one of the key commitments that we have uh, is to um, reduce the virgin plastic by one third as a group. As Nestlé by 2025. As Nestlé Waters, we have an objective to uh, uh, move to 50% RPET in our bottles. We have started to include RPET into our products. So we have 25% RPET on uh, in all our brands, and we have also some euro SKUs with 100% RPET. Uh, for example, on Valver in Belgium, on Buxton in the UK, or on Vital in France. Uh, and this is very important. That's some of the, um, that's, that's part of the basics that we need to do, uh, in order to make sure that we are slowly, slowly, step by step, uh, going towards a more important level of recycled PET into our products. At the same time, uh, thinking differently and thinking laterally is critical. So that's how the, the, the projects of Hybrid and Vitelgo came up following an ideation. So Vitelgo, uh, the idea is to um, have a very thin uh, plastic plug, we call it, so a very thin plastic bottle if you want. There's 40% less plastic. Obviously, it's a 100% RPET plastic. Um, but with this weight, you can't handle it properly. So there's a, a limit. So if you would uh, try to help yourself, you would spill over water uh, over yourself. So um, we have created a reclosable case uh, that is uh, that is really proprietary to our bottles in order to, to make sure uh, that we are able to use this extremely reduced uh, bottle, plastic bottle. So um, we tested that with consumers. Uh, we did uh, some both some consumer research, and we wanted absolutely to go into the trade to make sure that consumers are actually going in store, buying the bottle, and and playing with it. If you want. Um, and and the results on Vitelgo have been very positive. We are still in development. There are still some fine tunings to be to be done. Uh, but but we are positive that this is something that can answer a very clear need. The other angle we took is uh, to see how we can uh, go towards the paperization we call it of uh, internally of paper of plastic bottles. Um, and a very good first step which we tested is this hybrid bottle. So you again have a very thin layer of plastic inside. And you get a carton uh, as a wraparound. Uh, we did similar testing, and we also had very interesting learnings that are um, that have been immensely positive when it comes to uh, to uh, all the the, the, the reaction uh, when uh, people are looking at it in the first step. Now we see that there are some things at usage phase that probably need to be further improved. So we'll continue to work. On that journey, uh, paperization is something that we are working on very um, with a lot of focus. A lot uh, of the people in the industry are doing that. We are probably still a few years uh, away uh, to finding a solution that is really answering the basic needs that we have on our product. So to make sure that uh, 
the product stays safe, that we don't have off taste, that we don't, uh, that we provide a great tasting experience for consumers, and that is also uh, good for the environment. Um, so in your question, there was a point on uh, LCA. Uh, so I don't want to comment too much on LCA at that mm. stage uh, for a very simple reason. Uh, it's because we are very much at, at the trial phase. It, mm. It's not 100% scalable, what we've done so far. Um, and as a result, the way we, uh, the, the way we calculated is very much of an interim evaluation. So we would need to fine tune that. We have good hopes, um, in the long term that an hybrid bottle could be potentially at the same level as a plastic bottle. And we have also good hopes that the Vitelgo would be better than a plastic bottle. Uh, but there's a lot of assumptions that are linked to that. The number of turns that the reproducible case will be used and, and a lot of things like that, the, all the logistics and supply chain of where we produce the different elements. So that's, that's very early, but clearly an initiative like Vitelgo is, is, an, is, is something that seems to resonate extremely positively with consumers, with the trade, and that seems to have some, uh, some uh, possible benefits also from, uh, from an LCA point of view. Hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll definitely um, keep in touch and keep an eye on developments there because, yeah, like you say, paperization is um, is a massive sort of trend and um, development, and um, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see how we how you overcome any any challenges and um, how it all ends up, so to speak. Um, and, and what's important? Sorry, I, I'm 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 cutting you, but uh, trial trial and error is very important. So uh, we, we, we were conscious when we um, displayed the work with FlexiKeg that the solution was not 100% ready. We were conscious that uh, the solutions with Vitelgo and, uh, and, and, and Hybrid Bottle were probably also not 100% ready. Mm. Uh, but it's important to put that in the hands of consumers because we can talk to a lot of experts uh, but what at the end is counting is, is the, the, the equation between what the consumers want and, and what is good for, for, for the planet and for the environment. If we are doing things that are make good for the environment, but that are totally unpractical for consumers, mm. then it won't work. So uh, having those steps where we show what we've done, uh, we understand what is working well and what is working less well, is absolutely critical and we'll continue to do like that uh, because also by doing that there's some discussions around it and it can you know uh, give ideas to other people new ideas might emerge and we might progress faster hmm. absolutely yes there's um, not much point in having the most sustainable packaging in the world if the consumers don't uh, like it or use it then um yeah it's a uh... It's not going to work. Um, you mentioned um, previously the use of RPET um, in um, in packaging. Um, what would you say are the challenges to actually getting to 100% um, RPET? Um, I guess a layperson could ask, oh, why don't you just use it in all your bottles all the time? Yeah, so one of our other commitments is to increase the collection rate. So uh, it is about uh, 10% today when we look at it globally. And we will get one objective to increase the collection rate to 50% by 2025. That's 
a very difficult objective uh, because it needs to be done country by country and we need to be able to work with all the counterparts uh, that are involved. So where I'm leading to is that the, the main challenge today is the feedstock and is the supply. Mm. Uh, because, um, so we were using uh, our PET in our bottles in the past, but much less than what we are doing today. And so uh, is the uh, entire industry. Um, so making sure that we work collectively uh, as an industry and beyond on the collection of PET is absolutely crucial in order to have more feedstock, more availability of recycled plastic, uh, recycled PET, and then ultimately uh, be able to, uh, to to go towards the, the 100%. Huh? Because PET that is recycled is an unbelievable material because uh, we can do many turns with it, um, and it goes very much into the direction of, of a 100% circular economy. So, uh, so we, we continue to, uh, to, to make sure that we push for this that is critical because also when you do collection, obviously it doesn't end up in places uh, where it shouldn't end up. Uh, so, uh, so there's a double benefit of uh, avoiding uh, this uh, that I just mentioned and also enabling more feedstock and more supply in order to increase the recycle rates in the bottles of the world. Mm, definitely, yes. And um, staying on the uh, subject of recyclability and recycling, um, Perrier is a part of Nestle Water, has um, recently joined the global consortium um, supporting the French green tech company Carbios in the development of a new enzymatic recycling solution. And um, yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me a bit more about this, what this technology entails and um how it sits next to other recycling methods, such as chemical and mechanical recycling. So I was actually working on Perrier at the time when we uh, when we first uh, were made in contact with the Carbios team. And the first time I was exposed to it, I, I was like, well, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Huh? So uh, for me, there's just one recycling, but no, there's, there's many ways to do recycling. We, we believe that Carbios is really uh, leading uh, in the field of uh, chemical recycling. And um, already two years ago, when we joined the consortium uh, with Carbios, they had made some very interesting trials uh, that were giving ourselves the impression that there was a good chance of success. I'm not an expert, so I still can't explain it in a very simple way. Uh, but chemical recycling, uh, and we shouldn't use the word chemical because it might look a bit frightening, but that's the way it's called. So I'm sorry about that. So actually, what, what's happening is that we are decomposing the PET in uh, the different pieces, and it's done very naturally with enzymes. And after that, what you get is a PET that is the same level of quality uh, as pure as on day one. So we are decomposing and recomposing the molecule. And it is very interesting in order to increase the, the, the potential sources of feedstock for uh, recycled PET in the future. Because with chemical recycling, what you are able to do is to even take a bottle or, or whatever uh, material that is made of PET today, even if it stayed uh, um, 
in the back of your garden uh, for 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 two years, and even if it's uh, if it's uh, in a slightly less good shape, as you're totally um, deconstructing it and reconstructing it, at the end you're able to really uh, recreate uh, as pure as uh, when it was born. So that's a way to ensure 100% circularity in the very long term. Um, so it's important for us to be part of it. Again, that's an, an area uh, that is more at its infancy than industrial industrial scale. Uh, but already having been able in June this year to uh, to show some first bottles, and there was a bottle of Perrier um, that were made with this technology, uh, and to be able to do some tests with that to understand uh, you know, the elasticity of the material, all the, the technical elements that we are looking for is a major step. And we are, we are glad to continue with Carbios because it will be part of the solution. So something I'm, I'm convinced uh, of is that there's not one silver bullet uh, because um, the challenge is extremely complex. Um, we are torn also between different objectives that are sometimes uh, not going in the same direction. Uh, sometimes something, uh, a material that is good uh, or that is best in class from an LCS standpoint uh, might not be the best in terms of uh, cost for the consumer. So, so you, there's a lot of ways to look at it. So I don't think there's one silver bullet. Uh, and I believe intensely in the fact that we need to look at different options uh, and that the future will be made of different solutions depending on, on what is the need that we have. We might have very different solutions for on the go. When you are, you are carrying a bottle on the go, you probably want to have a container that is reclosable because you don't want to have uh, some water on your PC or in your handbag. You want something that is sturdy and that is not fragile because you don't want it to, uh, you know, to break on the floor while you're working. Or we can have different uh, solutions uh, for Oreca uh, or for in-home. So, uh, so making sure that we are working on a variety of topics and on a variety of solutions is, is what uh, will give us a uh, a good future when it comes to the to, to packaging on the in the bottled water industry. Mm, absolutely, yes. Keeping in mind the, um, developing the right solution for the right situation, that um, it's definitely a very good approach. Sort of prevents over over engineering and over packaging, but also um, on the opposite scale, not um, providing a good enough solution. Um, so yeah, um, coming round full circle because we mentioned materials, packaging materials at the uh, beginning of the podcast. Um, I was wondering how does Nestle Waters address the challenge of finding the right material for the right application? And also, obviously, you mentioned um, using different packaging materials or new packaging materials for applications such as aluminium. And I was wondering if there's any um, examples you could give in that area. Yeah, so aluminium is a packaging we have developed um maybe for the first time 15 years ago, something like that. Perrier was the first brand in our portfolio to do that now. Um, and we had that as well, sorry, on the San Pellegrino beverages from Italy, which we sell uh, in, in many countries in the world. Um, so cans are developing because, um, as I was mentioning earlier, 
they are also a great container for some products. So some products, especially when we start to have food-based products, uh, are sensitive to light. So can is very good in that respect. It's also a material um, that can protect the intrinsic qualities of our products in a very good way, also beyond the, the barrier to light. So we've been quite active in the past years, uh, innovating in this area. So uh, a few examples, maybe. So we've um, launched Perrier uh, Energize this year in a, in a few countries in uh, in, uh, in Europe and uh, in the world. So we are sold in the US, we are sold in France, uh, we are sold in uh, Canada, we are sold in quite a few countries. And this is a product that is an energy drink, uh, but it is an energy drink uh, à la Perrier, so uh, with a very strong water heritage, uh, which gives you the equivalent of a cup of coffee, but fully plant-based and with very low sugar. We've launched as well a new product line under San Pellegrino, uh, sparkling drinks, which is called Momenti, um, which is also... Uh, very tasty yet uh, um, way uh, healthier alternative to uh, to some of the soft drinks that are existing in the market. So so cans are, are re really useful for these moments, which are moments for you when you want to uh, have a bit of pleasure during your day to hydrate yourself, to give you a kick, uh, and they come in 25 to 33 centiliter formats that are really handy for that occasion. They would probably fit less well uh, 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 a PET bottle, for example. But that's also a way for us to uh, to move our portfolio in time and and to go towards uh, our commitment of uh, reduction of uh, uh, one third of reduce uh, of virgin plastic, sorry, by uh, by twenty twenty five. So that's an example, cans. And uh, and yes, and there will be more things to come. Uh, but uh, I need to. Uh, keep a few surprises for future pod mm. podcasts maybe mm, absolutely yes we'll um we'll definitely stay in touch and keep an eye out um seems like there's uh, lots of interesting things in the pipeline and uh lots of developments to uh to keep an eye on for sure so um yes thank you very much that um brings us to the end of today's podcast thanks very much for joining me today philip you're welcome elizabeth it was uh, thanks for inviting me once again and um and yes, and, and, and thanks for, for also, uh, making sure that uh, we spend time on these matters. They are really important to us. Uh, uh, it is, uh, our commitment to, uh, make our business and the industry a, a very sustainable business too. And it will come, uh, with, uh, evolution and revolution, uh, in the, in the packaging area. Um, so thanks for for spending the time on that. Thanks for having me and uh, and speak very soon. I hope. Thank you. Mm, yes, absolutely. It's such an important uh, topic, sustainability, isn't it? So um, yes, always happy to um, give that as big a platform as uh, as possible. So uh, thank you everybody for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe to a podcast in your favorite listening app. We have a new podcast coming out every month. Consumers worldwide are now demanding sustainable packaging. Is your brand ready? 
At Smurfit Kappa, we use our global experience and local knowledge to create innovative packaging for the biggest brands. As a global leader in sustainability, we can help you find the solutions which are right for your business and right for the planet. Join the sustainable evolution. Contact us at smurfitkappa.com. Smurfit Kappa. Open the future.